This is the On Demand Law Office podcast, where we are dedicated to helping you create margin in your law practice. Our goal is to help you practice law with intentionality, passion, greater focus, and success so that you can lead with incredible influence in your office and throughout your community. This is a podcast where we discuss how to manage your systems, your people, and your office from the trenches. We are practicing attorneys facing the same frustrations as you, and we want to help you discover solutions to your problems. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 15 of the On Demand Law Office podcast with your host, Mike Lovell and Brandon Osterbein. Uh, today we'll be uh, focusing on the seven mistakes that we made when starting out. We uh, covered in our last episode the first four, and today we'll be covering uh, three more. Um, what we'll be covering today is becoming an expert, picking your uh, le- legal niche and sticking to it. Number two is going to be getting involved, whether that means a bar association or your community. And three, and very important, is creating a client contact list and staying in touch with your clients even after you've finished representing them. So, Brandon, um, we've talked about this, I think, at the end of last year about being an expert. But um, when you started out, did you set out to become an expert or you know, what was your general idea of law practice? Not at all. Um, when I started out, uh, my uh, the partners that I was working for told me to do a little bit of everything and to see what I enjoyed doing and uh, what I was good at doing and what I was profitable at doing. Um, and they said later on, you can decide what you want to do and Um, If you want to do one specific thing, you can do that. Or if you want to do everything, you can do that. So I kind of had a lot of freedom uh, when I first started off, and I did everything. And, of course, I was low man on the totem pole as well in a small firm. So anything that everyone else didn't want to do, I did, uh, which was fine. I got a lot of experience in in a wide range of um, legal uh, issues. But one of the problems with that is that you don't become really, really, really good at any one given thing. And when people ask you what you do and you say, I I do everything, then it's going to be difficult for them, those other attorneys and those other people to just send whatever case they hear of to you because they're thinking, well, I want to send this client or this prospective client to someone who does nothing but personal injury work or someone who does nothing but divorce work or nothing but criminal defense, um, that sort of thing. So one of the things that I would say was a, a, a mistake in looking back, maybe it wasn't really a mistake, but um, it, it, I could have done a lot better. I, it took me a long time to even think about um, specializing or picking a legal niche and becoming an expert in that one particular uh, field of law. So if I were to go back and do it all again, I think I would be a lot more intentional about uh, the cases that I took and the um, picking the things that I liked the best and just sticking with that. Well, and, you know, I like what you said, being intentional. And and that is really what we're getting at here is, you know, this when you know when I started, I really was completely on my own. I shared office space with an experienced attorney, which was a great um, setup because I could ask him questions. But it really was I wanted to take whatever paid me money, and that's probably where a lot of people start. And that's not necessarily bad. But if you had it in mind when you started that you needed to 
to to attack this with intentionality, it really would change the uh, direction of what you were going to do. Um, and you know, a lot of people say, "Well, do what you're passionate about." And, you know, when you're first starting out, and, and money is really what you're passionate about, or you know, supporting a family, um, you might not be thinking, "I need to be an expert." But um, being intentional is so important because. You know, even if you're marketing or when people ask you, you know, what do you do? If, you know, saying your general practice, and this is what I've been doing for a long time, is they're like, oh, okay. And they kind of almost, I don't want to say write you off, but you're just so general there. They might not even come to you or even know what you do. So being intentional doesn't mean that you have to stick with that for the rest of your law career. If you don't like it, pick something else. You know, but if you're in general practice and, you know, you get a lot of um, criminal defense work, intentionally say, I'm a criminal defense attorney. I, you know, We might do a variety of things at my office, but right now I'm really focusing in on criminal defense work. And if that changes, change your elevator pitch. You know, you want to be able to say, I do this, I do this primarily, I do this well. And you know, like I said, that can always change, but pick something and be intentional about it. Right. I think that's important, um, what you just said about your elevator pitch. I didn't have an elevator pitch. For the longest time, probably four or five years, I didn't have an elevator pitch. And someone asked me what I would do, it would take me five minutes uh, to tell them everything I do in my practice. But now uh, when people ask me, well, what do you do? I'm a personal injury and uh, civil litigation attorney. I help people who have been injured through no fault of their own. It's as simple as that. Yeah, you know, I've heard you roll that off several times, and I have to say that I don't have a great elevator pitch. You know, I've been more like, well, you know, 20% of my practice is this. And uh, so this year, and a lot because of this this podcast and the research that we're doing and kind of the direction we're taking all of this, you know, I have started to pare that down. And um, and even in, I do a lot of criminal defense work, and so um, I've developed a DUI attorney Lynchburg, and I'm going to focus in on, you know, really focusing in on one area of criminal law and, and, and building a practice, you know, not necessarily around that, but that's what I want to say that when I do criminal law, I'm going to be known for DUI defense. That's great. And, and then when um, an attorney who doesn't necessarily do DUI defense, when they have a client who they've done an estate uh, plan for or um, who they've done a divorce for and they get a DUI and they call the divorce attorney, they call the estate planner, they say, hey, I got a DUI, who do I need to go to? They'll say, you need to go to Mike Lovell. Right. So pick a niche and know it well and maybe make a brochure, highlight that on your website, you know, pick that and and really develop that one area. And like I said, it can always change. And if you want to, uh, if you want to pick a niche or develop a niche, uh, then go, and we'll put this in the show notes, but go and listen to episode four of this podcast where we, we deal with that for about 30 minutes. Uh, we talk about uh, the things that you should consider in picking your niche uh, prior to getting into that and really focus on the content of episode four. We'll put, like I said, a link to that episode in the show notes. All right, I think that uh, takes us to our uh, second point today, which is uh, get involved. You know, um, you get kind of lost in the practice of law and doing, you know, what you do behind closed doors, but uh, getting involved in your local bar association or once you've picked your particular niche, getting involved in that particular area of the bar is is very very important. Having your peers recognize you for what you do is really important. Um, even if it's just 
referrals or general referrals, if you if you've picked your niche and have your elevator pitch, and when you're talking to the other attorneys, not all those attorneys are going to know what you do, how well you do it, and if you can start being the authority, you're going to be the go-to person um, for that particular area because not all those attorneys do what you do, and if you want to compete. It's really good to have that, you know, that niche, that elevator pitch, and other attorneys will start recognizing it and sending you work. Right. And the thing is, people aren't going to send you work if they don't know you. People refer to attorneys that they know. And the only way that they can get to know you is if you go to that bar luncheon, if you go to the bar Christmas party, if you go to the annual meeting, or if you become an officer of the uh, bar and you are doing work to advance the issues at the bar that are important to the bar, then you become known in the legal community and people know, oh, that's Mike Lovell. He does DUI defense or, oh, that's Brandon Osterbein. He does personal injury and civil litigation work. So when that issue comes up, um, you're already on the forefront of their minds. Um, so you can become that referral source. But more importantly, you help them solve a problem. You're helping your fellow attorneys solve a problem for a client that they have. You're not trying necessarily to steal away clients from other attorneys, but you're trying to uh, be a resource for your fellow attorneys so that you can help them solve problems for their clients. And in the meantime, you're building your own book of business and you're building your reputation and you're building your law practice. So, you know, this is all under the mistakes that we've made when we started out. This might not even be the mistakes that we made when we started out. That might be the continuing mistake that we make. <laughs> I'm not always involved in the local bar. I think I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm, I'm known by most people in town, but I don't regularly attend them. I, you know, I don't put them on my calendar. And if I don't put them on my calendar, I'm just going to forget to go to it. That's something that I did intentionally last year. I, I put every single bar luncheon on my calendar. And if you don't put it on your calendar, then you won't go. Now, I've had, um, uh, like last month, we our bar does a luncheon every month. And before I got to put the um, the luncheon on my calendar, I had dep- depositions scheduled for 10 a.m. And it was multiple um, uh, companion cases that lasted all day. So I couldn't go to the bar luncheon. Uh, but now at this point, I have all of the bar luncheons um, through the end of uh, May, because that's all that's been published so far on my calendar. And I'm going to plan on going to every single one of them. We'll have uh, in our small town uh, probably 30 or 40, uh, sometimes 45 attorneys show up at those bar luncheons. Uh, And that's just a good place to meet people and to get to know people. And like I said, if you get to know people, then all of a sudden you, you might become a referral source for those people. It's true. And, you know, it's not a waste of time. You know, so often you go, oh, it's not either going to accomplish something or, you know, I just I don't have time for that. But, it, you know, you don't make that mistake. Get out there and do that. And I got to tell you, I'm almost, you know, speaking to myself here to go do that, you know, because I, I hit, you know, every other sometimes. And, you know, but it's important to get out there. So big mistake uh, is not getting involved, not being known among your peers and distinguishing yourself. So don't make that mistake. Get and I, involved. And I'll add one more thing to that. You can learn a lot from these meetings. Like, you know, for example, in our luncheons, yeah, we eat lunch with other attorneys, but we also have speakers uh, from around the community, from the legal community and from uh, other parts of the community, like the hospital. We have speakers uh, from uh, other big industries in our community. It's good to hear from those people, to learn about those industries so that when an issue comes up later on that might tangentially relate to that that uh, industry, you know a little bit of something about it. Right. Well, and 
particularly if you're starting out or you're trying to find your niche, you know, there the, you know, there are areas of law and particular small niches that you you haven't even thought about that, you know, your colleagues have and they're either working in it or, you know, that you can be exposed to. So, you know, get out there and be exposed to those different issues and those different attorneys and it will definitely help your practice and then you'll just enjoy the practice of law a lot more cuz you know, it is fun to be a member of the bar and and know everyone. It's it's a good environment to be in. So, get out there and get involved. Right. And the, the last mistake that we made when we started out was, um, and I, I, I made this mistake and I know you made this mistake, Mike, but, uh, neither of us created a client contact list. Yes, I had my client's contact information in my client's file, but I did not have, and I had my client's name on a, uh, conflict conflict list, but I did not have a client contact list that I could print out and send um, a bunch of information to. I can do a, a newsletter or uh, send even send Christmas cards to my clients. I didn't, I just didn't have it. I wasn't compiling a, a list of all my clients' addresses and phone numbers to where I can in one place go sit down and find everything, print out uh, mailing labels and send even Christmas cards to my clients. Well, and there's, you know, and I don't know if we'll be able to get into this entirely because we'll, we'll probably in future podcasts talk about client development, but there are so many levels of, you know, developing this client list. The first is creating a scheme to collect their information, which, you know, a case management or even a spreadsheet um, is really important. And, and, and here's why. Your, your client's going to come to you for one area of law. That is now your client. They probably have many other issues that either they don't know about or that might come up in future years. And then they have plenty of friends that they're going to go talk to about you. And if they don't know what other things that you do because they didn't get an email or a newsletter or a Christmas card, you are, you know, walking away from a huge, you know, uh, contact list that can put you, you know, word of mouth is probably the best marketing out there. And if your clients don't know what you do and you're not telling them, you're, you're, you're missing out on a lot. So besides the fact that clients like to hear from you, it's, it's great for a client, you know, attorney client relationship. It's really important for referrals. And that's the cheapest form of marketing. If you have their emails, send them a monthly, you know, or quarterly, quarterly. newsletter, you know, yeah, don't bombard their email as, yeah. you know, constantly, but you know, Every every quarter, send them a newsletter, send them a Christmas card. You want to have your face, your business, your firm in front of them all the time. And, you know, something that we haven't even talked about here is, you know, um, if you want to build a firm and sell it in the future, having a active client list is is huge. I don't think most attorneys have that. You know, they have goodwill, but there's no way to quantify it. There's no way to, you know, put a, a number, hey, I've got 500 clients that we actively engage with. So creating that client contact list at the beginning is huge. Well, a lot of, for a goodwill for a lot of attorneys, if they aren't there, then the goodwill disappears. So there really is no um, value to that to a prospective purchaser because what most people do is they, they build um, their goodwill in the community just anecdotally. It's not intentionally. Uh, so they don't, like you say, cultivate that 
client contact list to where the clients are so familiar with that business, the business, not necessarily the individual, but the business concept and the way that you do uh, everything in your law office. It's the it's the process in the system that accomplishes the result. So what is your process in your system that is accomplishing a result? And then how do you uh, keep your clients um, up to date on that, even when you're not representing them anymore actively? Right. And, you know, being intentional is you're, you're building a clientele based on you. And if you want to create a smooth transition, if you're retiring or selling or even, oh, I've developed this really good criminal practice and I want to go do something else or even move and sell my practice. If you have a good lines of communication, you can say, you know, we brought on this attorney. This attorney's coming on board. He's going to take over and service, you know, you know, you, my, my set of clients just like I would. Here's an introduction. You can create that smooth transition. And, you know, if, and if so, it might take a year. Yeah, it, it might take, might a, take year. a year. You bring this, uh, you know, if someone's buying your practice, it might take a year for you to you know, bring the person on um, and then transition yourself out um, or six months or a year or, or whatever your uh, succession plan will be. But you have to have that in order to capitalize on all of the hard work that you've put in over what is 30, 40, sometimes 50 years worth of a legal career. And you ought to cap that off. Uh, at the end of your career with uh, something positive like a succession plan. Right. And one of the things, you know, um, are we building uh, an individual solo practice or do you have ambitions to build a firm where you have associates working for you under different areas of law? And, you know, being able to actually serve the, your clients in a general practice, you know, you might have to bring on new attorneys and just being able to publish new attorneys that have come on board and they're going to handle this area of law and then, you know, have them actively engage with your clients is is huge. So one of those big mistakes that I made and and continue wanting to stay on top of is developing a good client contact list. All right. Well, that uh, caps off all seven of the mistakes that we made when we started out. Hopefully we're doing a little bit better now uh, than we were when we first started out. Uh, I think that we are, and I think that we've learned a lot um, through the last eight years or so, now almost nine years uh, since we uh, graduated from law school and passed the bar. Um, and a lot of these things are things looking back that we really could have done a lot better. Um, and stay tuned in, in the future. We'll dive uh, more deep into some of these. And we have um, done a few of these already. So go back and look at our show notes. We'll put a couple uh, links to other uh, pieces of content that are related uh, to these seven mistakes that we've made. And a lot of this uh, podcast and our blog that we're going through is born out of personal experience and the mistakes that we've made and the mistakes that we don't necessarily want to see you make. So if you like what we're doing, in this podcast, we'd ask you to subscribe in iTunes, or if you want email updates for for our show notes and our blog post, you can go to www.ondemandlawoffice.com forward slash podcast and sign up on the right-hand side of the page for updates. We want you to participate in the conversation, so you can either leave a comment on the show notes or which you can find at www.ondemandlawoffice.com forward slash podcast 015. Or you can email us at ask at ondemandlawoffice.com. That's A-S-K at ondemandlawoffice.com. Mike, do you have any parting words for our audience? I sure do. Until next week, remember to seize the moment, take action, and shape your future.